0: Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Thank you God for this opportunity to gather us in as your people. May we hear your word proclaimed and live it in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. It's like the Montagues and the Capulets. It's like Romeo and Juliet without the double suicide at the end. You see... Twenty-eight years ago, this guy from Lenorine University started dating a girl from Newberry College. Now, for those of you who don't know, Lenorine and Newberry are two Division II schools in the same conference. Both of them are Lutheran colleges. One is in South Carolina and the other is in North Carolina. They're rivals. And every year, we play for the Bishop's Cup. And my wife is Newberry, Scarlet, and Gray, and I am Cardinal in Black, Lenora and Bear. And the most nerve-wracking day of the year every year for me is when Lenorine plays Newberry because I'm worried about the outcome of that game. You see, that's bragging rights for an entire year. Some of you may understand this in your own households. Y'all may have houses divided too, Right? And for our four years in college, it was kind of a big deal. I mean, especially she was a cheerleader, and so, you know, she was definitely pulling for the the Indians then, but now the Wolves, and, you know, I was pulling for the Bears. Then, you know, after we graduated, you know, and sort of lost touch for a little while because, you know, you couldn't exactly watch the games, and you had to really put forth the effort to find out who won. So a lot of years we didn't know, but then I accepted a call to a church in of all places, Newberry. This Lenoron bear was serving the church in the den of wolves. And I quickly learned that it was important to know how Lenoron was then doing. And at the time it was great because for most of my my years in Newberry, we were a national powerhouse. We actually even went to the national championship game one year. And so for almost every year, we absolutely torched Newberry. And it was great. Until it wasn't. We got a new coach because ours was whisked away to Division I football. And so we still had high hopes and we were ranked going into this game against Newberry. And we lost 52 to 14. And the next day, sitting on the front row of the sanctuary, were people all decked out in their Newberry gear. I'm surprised they didn't paint themselves before they came into church that day. (laughs) And so ever since then, it's just been nerve-wracking. Yesterday was that day. Yesterday, we went to Newberry to see the game. Lenore Ryan is ranked fifth in the nation. Fifth in the nation Newberry just came off getting embarrassed I mean embarrassed by North Greenville and yesterday Newberry beat Lenore on 28 to 21 you're fired and it was devastating y'all have no idea it's just devastating I mean, the only bright side for me is one of my former youth actually is the starting center for Newberry. And so that was okay. But it was just crushing, crushing to see my, my Bears nationally ranked with hopes of maybe going to a championship game this year, have it dashed all over the field against their rivals. And now the Bishop's Cup belongs again to the South Carolina Synod, which I guess that's sort of weird because I'm in the South Carolina Synod. But still, they should not have lost. And I hate it because my team lost. Now, thankfully, Stacy's not a huge sports fan. She's never once rubbed it in. She's never gloated. But it still just feels right. Many of you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? If you're any kind of a sports fan, you've already lost this year, haven't you? Can't say that every year, but we can this year. It's the third game of the season, third week of the season, and we've all lost. And we hate it. I mean, I don't know about you, but sometimes it will literally put me in a bad mood when my team loses. Now, maybe y'all are more mature than that. I don't know. Maybe you don't talk to the television during the games. Not a true sports fan. But anyway, it's awful to lose. But it's not just sports fans. I mean, nobody likes to lose. We just said that in the children's sermon just a minute ago, right? I mean, board games. We want to win at board games, don't we? Oh, sure, we'll lose for our kids. Well, some of you will lose for your kids. I don't think I ever lost for my kids. Um, I mean, But, but we, all, well, we hate to lose money. We hate to, to lose a job to someone else. We don't like to lose. We don't want to be known as a loser, correct? And it, it's because it feels so rotten. And it's because we also know what it feels like to win. Because winning is awesome. It feels wonderful to win. You know, and the more you win, the better it feels. When, you, when you're dealing with a sports team, if they're winning, everything goes right. Everybody's happy in the locker room. Everybody's getting along. But if they're losing, it's very different. Everything looks different when you're on bottom. You know, when you feel like you're having to look up for everything. And so we struggled with today's gospel reading, because it goes against everything that we've come to believe. Because as Americans, we're winners, right? That's what we're taught from a very early age. And in fact, it's, it's even biblical. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, when you run the race, run to win the race. That's a biblical quote. Don't just run it to play running, run it to win it. You know? And, and, and that's what we're brought up to believe. If you're gonna do it do it at your best win but today's gospel reading is a little different than that see it starts out with Jesus and his disciples traveling from uh, traveling through Galilee to Capernaum and Jesus is on the DL the down low or incognito for you older people Um, and so he doesn't want to be seen or noticed as he's going through because he is teaching some very serious stuff to his disciples. He's teaching them that the Son of Man was going to undergo great suffering, that he was going to be rejected, that he was going to be mocked, beaten, he was going to be killed, and three days later rise again. Kind of the whole Jesus story, right? And, and so he is teaching his closest followers what's going to happen. Very serious lesson. Because we already know from last Sunday that, you know, the first time he dropped that bomb on him, Peter was like, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. But he's continuing to teach them over and over again this, get ready for this, get ready for this. But clearly the disciples were not the best students because when they get to Capernaum, Jesus is like, what were you arguing about along the way? So he is telling them that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was going to be betrayed and killed. And you know what they're doing? They're arguing about which one of them is the best. Are you kidding me? That's like kindergartners on the playground. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. Well, I can run faster than you can run. Well, I'm better than you are. That's what our disciples are doing. You know, Peter, James, John, all those. They are arguing with each other about which one is the best. Isn't that crazy? And so, of course, Jesus asked them. They didn't want to say anything because I think they realized what kind of idiots they were having that argument. Especially considering the topic that he was discussing. They weren't even paying attention. They were too busy worrying about who was the best. Sound familiar? Because that's what we do. Spend so much time trying to be the best and be above everyone else. And then Jesus drops this bomb. He said, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least. If you want to win, you've got to lose. And then he does something that seemingly is off topic. He goes and gets a kid and puts him in the midst of him and says hey whoever welcomes a child like this welcomes me. And not only welcomes me but also the one who sent me. That seems like he's sort of changing the direction of the whole speech right there, right? Okay, if you want to be the, the greatest you've you got to be the least and, and you know if you want to save your life you lose it and, and all that and, and then he goes and says wait a minute um, but this kid you need to welcome this kid and so it's like how does that relate well here's how in ancient Israel the, the way that they view children very different than the way we do you know the way we view children because the kids rule the roost in this day and time right you know we, we schedule our whole lives around our children You know, they got soccer and dance and cheerleading and lacrosse and this and that. And, you know, we got to go back and forth. And whatever the kid says, you know, hey, we're planning to go have a nice dinner. Great. I want to go to McDonald's. So guess what? We go to McDonald's. That's the way it is in in, in their culture, right? A lot of times the kids rule the roost. Not then. Because let me tell you, in that culture, kids didn't matter. They were to be seen and not heard. Now, I mean, they were, they were a little more than property. Oh, yes, they love their kids, don't get me wrong. But they really didn't matter. They didn't have a say in anything. They were like the bottom of the bottom as for importance. And so what Jesus is saying here is that you need to welcome those who are the least important. Those who don't matter, the outcast, the different, the people that everybody else pushes aside. You welcome them, you welcome me, and you welcome the one who sent me. Which means you and I are called to serve the least, the ones who don't matter. We are called to be losers for the Lord. We're supposed to look past winning and, and, and raising ourselves up and put ourselves below people who are less than us. People less than us, well that's just not nice. Okay, most of us are too polite to admit that we're better than some people, right? Well, I mean, you're not going to say that out loud. You probably don't even want to think that you're better than other people. But you are. I mean, if you've ever played any kind of a game, have you won ever? Well, then you're better. I mean, and, and in our society, if you got more money, better, at least at money. Uh, you might be better at your job than other people. You might be smarter than other people. We are all better than somebody, period. Whether we want to admit it or not, we're better than somebody. But here's the thing. As Christians, we ain't supposed to, to act like it. We're not supposed to... to, to To lord that over people. We're not supposed to be this. Look at me. I'm almighty and look at you. You serve me. Because that's the way it works. No, 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 no. As people of God. We serve them. We become less. For the least. We, We become subpar. For the par. We become Other than, so that they can become part of the group. You see, our job is to love other people. All people. No matter what they look like, no matter what they act like, no matter what they talk like, no matter what their citizenship is, no matter what their religion is, doesn't matter. We are called to love them. We are called to serve them. That's what Jesus is telling us here. In order for us to be the greatest... We have to be the least. We have to be losers for the Lord. As crazy as that sounds. But can you imagine what the world would look like if we decided to take that attitude towards everything? If we decided to say, you know what? Because you're less than, we want to raise you up. We want to take care of you. We want to serve you. What would immigration look like if that's the stance that America took? What, what, would, what, what would education look like? What would our society look like if we all made it a point to raise up the lowly, to include the outcast, to love the unlovable? But that's exactly what Jesus is telling us here. That's who we are as Christians. We're losers for the Lord. Now go, my friends. Go and lose. Be the greatest. Amen.